Welcome to Church Project. We're glad that you're here today. Um, we're a church. We're, we're an ongoing pursuit to discover what Christ originally intended for church to be. Um, and we're a project. We're trying to figure this out as we go along. And so if you're a first-time guest, we hope you enjoy yourself today. A couple housekeeping things. One, if, uh, if you don't own a Bible and you would like one, we have a bunch back there. You can raise your hand or, or go grab one, and, and that's our gift to you. Also, if you have a smartphone, you can pull out your smartphone and download the Version Bible app. And on that app, if you search our events, we have a live event called Church Project. Pretty creative name, right? And so the notes for the message are on there, and you can follow along. And I'd encourage you, if you do that, to download those notes and save them to your phone. So when you go to House Church uh, this week, you can have those notes to refer to. Also, if you want to go to our website today, churchprojectgreeley.org, you can get your phones out now and do that. Scroll down to the bottom. If you don't get our emails, put your email address in there and we'll update you as to everything that's happening with Church Project. Also, you can put your prayer request on there and our prayer team gets those and we we pray over you. So those are ways to get connected with Church Project. Um, We're going to start a little slow, which is fine. I want to give a a couple shout outs. So woot woots to uh, Jonathan. Thank you for coming from Fort Collins and and leading us. You have a Rockets hat, so go Rockets. That's good. But wasn't he incredible for coming and leading us? Thank you. Yeah, Ben, you did a great job, and they've allowed, Jonathan, you allowed Jeremy and Brittany to go away for two weeks on vacation and refresh, so thanks for coming and worshiping with us and leading us in that awesome stuff, man. Um, Another, uh, two others, Robbie and Katie's in the house. What, I didn't even get to hug you or anything, and look at a little baby, and welcome, we're glad you're here. So they were with us for a long time, now they're down in Georgia having a wonderful time. We love you guys, and don't leave till I can hug your baby, so... Um, and then two, two other things. We're just going to do it. Um, Ginger's here, and I, I heard her, but I don't know where she's at. Yeah, come up here, Ginger. Um, and we're also going to have uh, Marshall, Hannah, Philip, and uh, Nikki. Sorry. Whoa, that was scary. Blanked on me. Please come up here. Um, you guys didn't even know this was happening. But what we have here is um, doctor, doctoral Do- your doctors now, they graduated, and they're all, they're all moving on, so they're super smart. I'm not. <laughs> not us. This, we're, we're not us over here, but they've worked so hard, and it culminates in graduation, and it also culminates in leaving Greeley, and we're super sad about that. I don't know if this is the last Sunday or if there's others to come, um, but you're here, and so what we're going to do is let's pray for them, and you're going to lead us in prayer. You could do that. It was yeah, good. Yeah, 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 it was good. So why don't you guys make a cute little circle? Let's have a couple people come up, and Ginger's just going to pray a blessing over you as, you as you head out. And, man, we praise God for what he's done in your life already. So you can stretch out your hand and pray for them as well. Father, we just, oh, thank you, God, for these people. Thank you for bringing them into our church body, that we got to experience them and do life with them for such a short time, but now you have bigger plans for them. And I, I just pray your blessing on them, God. As they, as they head out into this world, I pray that uh, you just use them in a mighty way, that you take them and, and 
put them where exactly where you want them so that they can minister to the people that you bring into their life. Um, just as they've ministered here, how they've loved on us, have they, they've just been a part of our family. I pray that you bring um, a tight-knit family for them wherever, you, wherever they go, God, that you bring people around them to build them up in this new place they're going, um, that you would just bless them as doctors to, to bring patients to them that need to, to see your love through, through the science of, uh, of medical science, God. Um, use them, God, and, and, and help us as a church family to continue to pray for them as they make this adjustment and move to new places. Um, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity to be here and, and love on them and, and send them out, God, um, with your blessings. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Doesn't the body of Christ just stink? And what I mean by that is, I mean, we're, we're, we're just a people. We're all over the world. We worship the same God. And sometimes we get to worship in the same place at the same time and fall in love with people, and God moves them on to other places. That kind of stinks, but that's pretty awesome, too. So we pray blessing over you guys as you, as you move forward. Um, I want to I show you how stinky this gospel message is. If you'll go to Acts chapter 14, um, we're going to start in verse 24. And then we're going to get to Acts chapter 15. We move into chapter 15, and we're going to get all the way to verse 4. So Acts chapter 14, 24 through 15, 4 is what we're going to cover today. And I'm excited to, to piece this message together. You know, we've been going through the book of Acts, and the book of Acts is nothing more than what we're even seeing right now in Greeley today and what's happening um, with our doctors that are moving on is this message can't be contained. Like this message is growing and it takes all of us doing our part every day to see God do his work and the gospel spread throughout the world. And so we see it as the church started in Acts and we've been going through and looking at this for a year and a half now. We're going to continue to look at it. And let's just see as Paul and Barnabas are on their first missionary journey, they're telling the Jewish people about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And this message is also starting to leak out to Gentiles on purpose like this message is no longer contained to one location and it's no longer lo contained to one people group like this message is for the world at large and we see it breaking out right here in the gospel or, or in the book of Acts so I'm going to read um, the first couple verses um, so Acts chapter 14 verse 24 is where we're going to start um, after going through Poseidon they came into Pamphylia and when they had preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. From Atalia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples." So this is Paul and Barnabas. They're, they're wrapping up their first missionary journey, and they're on their way back. Last week, if you want to look a couple verses before, as they're going back through the towns they had just preached the gospel message in, they are appointing leaders in those towns and saying, you are the elders. It's not about us. It's about you. It's about you leading your people in your city. And church project, it's about you leading your people in your workplaces. 
and in your colleges, and your dorm rooms, and everywhere that you go. This doesn't need Paul and Barnabas to come and bless you. It doesn't need Aaron Havens to be in the place for you to live the gospel message. Like, this is a moving message. And they, I, I appreciate, last week we talked about, it's kind of like open source coding. Like, Jesus has written everything, and he says, go improve it. Go make it better. And Paul and Barnabas are appointing elders as they're going through the town. So what does this mean to us? I'm going to read our version of, of uh, Acts chapter 14, verses 24 through 26. Actually, it's just my version, but yours would be very similar, okay? So if I was to write these verses right now, this is what these verses would read like. After going through Starbucks, they... That's kind of mine, but I'm writing it to all of it. Okay, so you'll get it. After going through Starbucks, they came to their office. From their office, they went to the gym. And when they had lived the word at Workout West, they went down to Bittersweet Park. From Bittersweet Park, they went to the neighborhoods, into, they went to their neighborhood and shared life with their neighbors, where they had been committed to the grace of God. For the work they had now completed. What does it look like to personalize the gospel in our life? It's easy to read this awesome thing called the book of Acts and the early church is moving and we can't even pronounce these weird cities and we can look at them on a map and go, oh cool, God, you were moving and doing awesome stuff. This week, I'd encourage you to write verse 24 25 and 26. Just use this model and put your places and spaces that you go in there. Like this is the charge that God has given us. We get down to verse 27. And on arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. What I love, love about the end of chapter 14, these verse 27 and 28, is that this is a people that are dependent upon each other. Like they're not out, there's no rogue person out there doing their own thing. Even Paul and Barnabas, like they're, they're running and they're, they're preaching the gospel message. But what do they do when they're coming back in? They, they gather the church together and they reported what God was doing. They're depending on each other. I think what's neat here is that God is highlighting the importance of relationships. He's saying that relationships are literally this important. Like, this is the beginning of the church starting to spread to Greeley, Colorado. And I'm going to show you that I'm going to use powerful men and women to spread this message. But I'm going to show you they're just not powerful without the church at large. They need the Holy Spirit and they need relationships. I think we can pause right here and just ask the simple question. Are we in these kind of relationships? That was a good house church plug, by the way, Jason and Rachel. So there you go. What did they do when they stayed for a long time in verse 28? Did you notice that? Like they gathered the, the church together in verse 27, they reported to everyone that was there what God was doing. They're all pumped. They're excited. God had opened this, this door to the Gentiles. We get to verse 28. It says, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. What do you think they did during this long time as they stayed with the disciples? Well, may I postulate a few opinions as to what I think they did? Here's, here's what I think they did. 
they let off the gas. They read. They prayed. They relaxed. They realized and reminded that they're a body, mind, and spirit, and a soul. That they're humans that bleed. They're not the complete answer. I think they also, as they stayed there a long time with the disciples, they talked about laying off the falafels because they had gained too much weight. (sighs) Because if you're traveling missionaries like they are, I'm sure they just went to fast food, like falafel places in every city. It's not like they can eat healthy, right? So they probably talked about laying off the falafels. They... I, I bet you Paul, maybe not Barnabas, but I bet you Paul was into camel racing. So it, as they're there a long time, they're maybe racing camels. Um, Barnabas, maybe he was introverted, and he needed some time away from people. He was done with people. Like, I don't know, maybe he was, maybe he was doing that. Anyone, can you relate? Don't raise your hand. That would be, that would be too much for you. Um, I think they also encouraged each other, Paul and Barnabas, Maybe they would go get a Starbucks or something. They're like, can you believe what's happening? No, I can't, you know. Well, I mean, I think they encouraged each other. But I think the church, the disciples there also encouraged them. And they encouraged the church that was there. I think they even talked politics and sports and family and business. And they might have even stubbed their toe or broken a finger. And I, and I, and I say this to say... They're human. And as we read these these great books and we read about great men and women of faith, we, we kind of put them on a pedestal like, what did they do when they stayed in the city for a long time? You know what? I bet they hand wrote scripture and prayed all the time and fasted. And they, No, I think they were whipped. I think they were tired. I think they were like you and me. And we ate too much falafels. It seemed God, to me as I read this, it seems that God and Luke put this in here to remind us that we are all relational humans. We need relationships. And to remind us that we need to loosen up and let God move in his time in our life. I feel like he put this in here as a deep breath for all of us. So in this place, let's hang out for a long time. Let's breathe. Let's be in relationships. Let's enjoy life together. At this point, if I'm Paul and Barnabas, like I'm so pumped because this message is spreading. We're seeing incredible things happening and and they have given their life to this, right? So they're probably like, let's go win the world. Like let's not let off the gas now. Like let's keep powering through. Let's go win the world. And I think God actually paused them in this city to remind them that they need to slow down. They need to notice the third hut on the left has cool shutters. We need to do the same. Maybe this week, your journey with God looks a whole lot more, a whole lot more like loosening up, laughing, eating falafels, and noticing the shutters on the hut. A whole lot less like just charging forward with all your might. And as we move into summer, that seems like a pretty cool pace to me. What about you?
Amen, I say to that. That's the end of chapter 14. I love it. Let's get to chapter 15. Chapter 15, we're going to read four verses here. Certain people came down from Judea and Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the customs taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. Verse 3. The church sent them on their way as they, as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria. They told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and the elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Wow! I'm pretty excited that they got to relax a little bit with the disciples because right here in chapter 15, what happens? Like it starts with a full-on battle. Here we are. We're going at it again. Like they, they stand up in verse 15. And I want to co- point out a couple things as we get into chapter 15 here. We're going to be here for a little bit because chapter 15 is an amazing chapter. Um, but this is when, this, is, this chapter is called the Jerusalem Council. And you see why, like Paul and Barnabas had to go back to Jerusalem and have counsel. Like, what's happening? This new thing is happening. So this chapter is called the Jerusalem Council. This is also, you'll notice in the book of Acts, the turning point in the book of Acts. Like everything now just goes here, and then it's a whole new message. It starts happening. So we're kind of right here. Congratulations, we made it. It's all downhill from here. So it's a huge momentum um, and direction change in the way Christians, the way it's been done, like it starts happening right here. And it's a good reminder, I think, also for us, this chapter and these verses specifically, reminder that each one of us, we see life through different lenses. Through our own experiences, through things that we hope for, our expectations, our good, our bad. We all, every one of us, see things through different lenses, I also want to remind you, we see in conflict here in the first four verses of chapter 15, I also want to remind you that as Christ followers, we're all on the same team. Like, we're all on the same team. Maybe we just don't agree with each other's modes or methods. Maybe we see it through a different lens, through our experiences or passions or giftings. But I want to remind us as Christ followers, men, women, children, old people, we're all on the same team. We're brothers and sisters. Though we might not understand the approach of someone else, that doesn't give us permission to start slamming them because they think or see things differently. It kind of happened to a high jumper, and, and um, since we're in the house, I don't know if Katie's here. Is Katie here? Oh, man, come on, Katie girl. So, so Weston and Kristen's daughter who's super tall, taller than me. I don't know how tall she is. But she just won state for the second time in a row, um, jumping 5'3"? Five, five? Was it 5'3", I think? Yeah, but her personal best is 5'5 five, five or something. So anyway, she could jump super crazy high and won state doing the high jump. And this 
I, I just say, what, what, to Katie Kerr's like, that's awesome, right? But the way she did it wasn't always done this way, and so I think Elijah has a video that, that goes back to someone that started jumping weird, right? The 1968 Olympic Games proved to be a turning point in the history of Carruthers failed, and Fosbury took his new style of high jump over the bar and into the history books. Fosbury had won his gold. Within a few years, the Fosbury flop had become the standard method of jumping in yeah. this great Olympic sport. The Fosbury flop, all that, like it was new, it was, di it was different, and that's still what's happening today for the most part in jumping, and Katie wins because of this. Like, we're seeing this right now in the book of Acts. Like what was, isn't anymore. And there's people that were holding on to it. And they're saying, okay, it's got to be this way. And here comes a new jumper, a new way to do things. Jesus breaks on the scene. The Holy Spirit breaks on the scene. And now records are being set. The bar's going higher than it's ever been done. Hey, the Holy Spirit didn't stop moving then. It's still moving today. I think if we were all attuned to the Holy Spirit in our lives, he would be showing us new jumps every day. The bar would get better every day. And that's exciting to see as we're looking here. This conflict was about this. Like, we're all on the same team. We see life differently. Let's trust the Holy Spirit in each other that God is doing something new and fresh in us every day. Woo, that's good. Amen. Uh, Let's look at verse 1. Certain people came down from Judea and Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. One of the commentarians that I really like to, to read and, and see what he says is um, Robert James Utley, U-T-L-E-Y. I recommend that commentary. It's really good. And he says this about um, verse 1. He says, they became known as Judaizers. They believed in Christ plus conformity to the Mosaic Covenant. Like the people here that had problems, they, they believed in the Moses Covenant. Like you had to do this. You had to get circumcised. Even if you're a Gentile, this is the way you come to know Christ. They couldn't understand that something new was starting to happen. There was a new jump. They're still on the same team. But they're not seeing Jesus. They're not seeing the power of his death, burial, and resurrection. And they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, we know them, the Judaizers. They're the, the Baptists. I'm joking. <laughs> I can say that just because I grew up Baptist, so it's easy to. 
They're the Methodists, the Presbyterians, they're the Episcopalians, they're whatever, right, ever, right? Whatever label that you want to put on them, they're all of us. They're, they're the body of Christ. We love to eat our own. We love to eat our own. And then along came the charismatic people and shook it all up. Like God is doing amazing things in our midst. Are we so grounded in our historicity or the way that we grew up that we're missing the, the, the jump, the new way of God doing things in our life? Well, we get to verse 2. I love verse 2. Guys in this room, women in this room that want to fight, let me hear you say, what, 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 what? Like verse 2, I think one of the things about Christianity is it's, it's been muted and made cute and palatable and soft. We think as Christians we got to walk around and be soft and cute. We get to verse 2. This brought Paul and Barnabas up into, what does your Bible say? Mine says a kick butt determination moment. Sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas are appointing leaders along with some other believers to go up to Jerusalem for this council to see the apostles and elders about this question. Verse 2, I am so pumped that they were convicted. They were men that were convicted. They also had permission to be real with God and to be real with each other. It wasn't like, I don't know if I like what they're saying. Well, me neither, but I'm going to keep it quiet. No, there was sharp dispute. Like they were convicted and they spoke up. Hey, this gives us permissions to recognize that we are humans with emotions and thoughts and feelings and that the Holy Spirit's guiding us and convicting us. It's given us permissions to actually get into sharp disputes, especially especially when the Holy Spirit's guiding us. We're seeking the counsel of other people. Like that's okay. Let's get in a fist fight. Who wants to fight? I'm ready to fight right now. I'm glad the Flanagans aren't here. Don't do that to me. They would kick me. So, okay, I'll back up a little bit. Verse 3 is where I want to get because I love verse 3, okay? The church sent them. Question. I just pause right there. How can a building, church, send people anywhere? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I know it's vocabulary and semantics, but don't say I'm going to church. Like, say I am the church. Like, you don't go because you, you know what I'm saying. So, Okay, the church sent them, not a building, a people sent them on their way. And as they traveled through Phonica and Samaria, what did they do? They told how the Gentiles had been converted. And what did this do? This news made all the believers really, really excited. Very, very glad. This is a very powerful verse that, man, I, I, I want to live my life. I want my life to emulate this verse. And I would encourage all of you to just, maybe this week alone, take verse 3 and put that into your quiet times or your drive times or, or, or your toilet time or whatever. And think, think about this verse and how it applies to your life. Like, will your life emulate this? If it did, like, think about it. You're empowered by the church. We just sent out two doctors that, and families and kids. Like, you're empowered by the church. You're not alone. The church is sending you out to everywhere that you go. Your workplaces, spaces, they're sending you. You're not alone. So we're on our way. And what do we do? We travel through Phonica and Samaria or Arby's or wherever we go. Like we go through our day. And what do we do? We tell people the, how Gentiles had been converted. We tell people how our life has been changed by God. And what's that going to do? 
it's going to make all of us, all Christians, get real excited about what God's doing in our day and age through his spirit. What a great verse to emulate, right? Um, this summer, we have college students um, dotting the globe, going all over the globe, sharing the good news message of Christ. They're telling this good news message, and they're encouraging us, aren't they? Their boldness, their tenacity, their energy, and how the gospel message is alive today. May we do that in our lives, church. Amen? Hey, I know it's a really crazy side note, but I'm going to go here because I'm sporadic today anyways. So here's a side note that I was wondering. I wonder if God, who knows everything, would we agree God knows everything? Okay. I wonder if God ever forgets things on purpose. So he can be encouraged when he sees how we are doing things on earth. Does that make sense? It's weird, I know. I wonder if God ever forgets things so that when he sees them, he's super encouraged. And what I, what I mean by that is sometimes I put money somewhere to be surprised when I find it later. And I'm like, I knew it was there. But I'm so excited that I found it. Super side note, I know. But if I'm God, I think I would do this. Like I would forget on purpose so that when I see my child do something that surprises me, I'm really pleased. I'm like, I knew you were going to do that. Like that doesn't shock me. I kind of forgot about it on purpose so that when you did it, it would bring a tear to my eye. Like to please God. 1 John 3.22 says we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And so as the Holy Spirit wakes us up tomorrow morning, maybe we're going to do things that God forgot on purpose so that when we do it, he'll be like, that's what I'm talking. Like it was you and me all along, and that's what I'm talking. Like it pleases God. I wonder if Paul and Barnabas... He like, they're doing and living life the way that they're doing it, but they're kind of like, look, God, no hands. No hands. Look, Mom, look, Dad. They're just excited because they're pleasing God Almighty. Maybe this week we can turn and look up into the heavens with a smirk on our face. I know you all got a smirk look. And we can say, look, God, no hands. And watch him smile and cheer as he does a new thing and creates a new way to jump in our life. Amen? That's really, really good. Jonathan, I think, I think with this heart posture, we should probably sing God, sing in praises to God. So if you want to come on up, man, come on. Um, I want to just pray over us for a, for a little bit. So if you would just close your Bible. Um, man, this is a time to really, like, I know intellectually, maybe we were stimulated in here. Let's open our hearts and let's let the Holy Spirit really just work in us in this moment. Speak to us in this place. God, I pray for everyone in this room that how we sit here is on purpose. Like you have us here sitting here with all our emotions, our experiences, our education, our joys, our defeats. All of it's on purpose. Why? Because you want our attention today. You want to remind us that you're God that you're powerful, you're loving, you're forgiving, you're everything. And God, you've moved heaven and earth for us on purpose. And we bring a smile to your face. 
God, what a pleasing thing today to know that our actions, our thoughts, our words, our deeds can please you. May you, even in this place, convict us of areas that that you want us to stand up and sharp dispute or places to go. Or God, may you also, like we saw in the end of Acts 14, give us permission to sit, to rest with a long time with the believers, to be encouraged. Ultimately, I pray that in this place, your spirit is moving in our lives and guiding us closer to you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us the way that you have and the way that you continue to do.